welcome to Wild Hearts with Janine. I'm Janine, the host of this podcast, and I am genuinely so excited that you are tuning in today. Wild Hearts is for those who are passionate about diving deep, keeping it real, reclaiming their passions, and getting after the things that they were made to do without apology. In each episode, I sit down with a fellow Wild Heart to talk about life, travel, faith, and everything in between. So let's dive in. Sitting down with my new friend Lauren Kinney today, and I'm really excited for us to dive into the topic about how to overcome anxiety and shattered expectations and ultimately walk in freedom. And Lauren is a perfect person to be sitting down with today to talk about this because not only was she a 2020 college graduate, which, if you ask me, was probably one of the most overwhelming and anxiety inducing years to graduate anything have any kind of big accomplishment. But she also recently published her book, Unshakable. And it's all around this topic of overcoming anxiety and shattered expectations. So I'm so excited to be sitting down with her today and that you guys get to hear from her. Hi, Lauren. Hey, Janine. Thanks so much for having me on. I am so excited you're here. This is going to be a really great episode. And I feel like no matter what life season listeners might be in, anxiety is not something that is, you know, exclusive to one season of life. It is the fear and the overwhelm. Those hit us at all seasons of life and for different reasons, different circumstances. And so I just know that this is going to be a really powerful time together. So excited you're here. But before we dive into our topic, even though I'm so excited about it, I would love to for you to share a little bit more about yourself with everyone who's tuning in today. So would you take a couple minutes just to introduce yourself, maybe share a little bit about who you are, where you're from, what you do, and oh, a fun fact, that'd be really fun. Absolutely. Well, essentially, I help people see past their fear and discover a life of freedom. And I do this mostly through my writing and my blogging. I'm a new author, as you mentioned, my book, Unshakable, just came out in May. And it's full of practical, actionable strategies on how to overcome the fear that you've been stuck in for so long and start living in the freedom of who God made you to be. I grew up in Arlington, Texas, and then I moved to Waco just a few years ago for college at Baylor University. I just graduated in December, which is so exciting. I am the oldest of four. I have an incredible family. It is a party at my house all the time. It is so much fun. And I am a huge baseball fan, fun fact. So my favorite trips ever have been to spring training in Arizona. I could sit at a baseball stadium with a lemonade in hand and I am the happiest you'll ever see me. Okay, wait. This is going to be a very dumb question considering I would call myself a baseball fan, but this might expose me as to not really being a baseball fan. Do all of the teams do spring training in Arizona? No, they also do it in Florida. Okay. That makes me feel a little bit better. I just remember a lot of... I'm from the Bay Area originally, so I'm a big Giants fan. And I feel like I know a lot of people who've gone down to Arizona to see the spring training. And I assumed that only they did it down there. But that makes way more sense. (laughs) No, they kind of split it up with the teams. Okay, I love that you're a Giants fan. I actually went to a World Series in San Francisco (gasps) and saw the Giants play literally the best night of my life, Janine. It was so... (laughs) I still have my rally towel. It was so much fun. I love it. (laughs) That's a really cool... It's a really cool stadium too. Was it AT&T or I don't know what it's called anymore, but the one right on the bay? Yes, it's beautiful. People kayak and, you know, they try to catch the balls in the outfield. It's so cool. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, that is a fun fact. I love baseball, man. 
not I don't have cable, so I don't faithfully watch, but I try to stay up to date. Who's your favorite team? I am a huge Rangers fan, but I also yes. do love the Giants too. But um, I got to say, close to Texas, I yes. love the Rangers. That is awesome. And where are you living now? Are you still in Waco? I am. I'm still in Waco. Oh, fun. I have been to Waco once. I was driving from Austin to Dallas and I had to stop and be the typical tourist and stop at Magnolia. <laughs> um, it is so cute, Janine. There is no, so no shame in that whatsoever. It's so cute. <laughs> It's so cute. Well, that's really wonderful. Okay. Well, oftentimes on this podcast, I love to talk about travel because as I told you before we started recording, I spent a couple years solo traveling. And you know, in a year where travel is a little bit more open, I love to continue to do that. So I would love to hear where is your favorite place you've ever been or a place you're hoping to go? Okay. I took a minute to think about this because Mm -hmm. there are so many places I want to go. This is my dream trip. I would love to go to Israel to just see all the places that Jesus walked and did ministry. Mm -hmm. And I would love to float in the Dead Sea. So that is like, talk about bucket list. That is at the very, very top. I would love to go to Israel one day. That's amazing. Same. It's on my bucket list as well. I feel like though, and I probably have said this in past podcast episodes, I feel like my bucket list is constantly growing because the more people I talk to, the more you know, new places get brought up and that list just keeps getting longer and longer. The world is so big. There's so many places I want to see. <laughs> oh, I totally get it. No, I understand. Mine gets longer and longer. Yeah. Skydiving's up there. All the things. So fun. So awesome. Well, as we've mentioned, you recently wrote and published your book, Unshakable, about overcoming fear and stepping into freedom, which I think is just such a timely message for right now, but also one that lasts. So I would love to hear a little bit, especially because you did just graduate from college and you somehow went through college and wrote and published a book all in the same time frame, which bewilders me, astonishes me. I am in awe. That is amazing. I can barely write a blog post nowadays. So what inspired you to put that book out into the world with that message? Sure. Well, my college experience didn't go at all like I expected in any way, shape or form. Instead of these lifelong friends I thought I would have, social stuff every weekend, a new BFF roommate, I ended up finding myself feeling lonely, afraid, and absolutely overwhelmed with anxiety. And it was through doing a few things, including losing control, showing up when it's hard, and overcoming this constant pressure to be perfect that things really started to change in my life. And dealing with these shattered expectations ultimately left me questioning who I was, who God was, and why I even came to Baylor because it was never ever supposed to go the way it went down. And so that was why I wrote Unshakable so that you can stop living in fear and start living in the freedom of who God made you to be. Oh, that's beautiful. Why do you think, I mean, based on all that, why do you think fear is so good at holding us back from the life that we really want to live? Well, fear ultimately makes us believe that we're alone, that we're isolated, and third, that we're not worthy of love. Okay, let me show you a quick story. This is something you probably have never heard from an author. I (laughs) actually hate the first four chapters of my book. And there's a few reasons why. They are really hard. They are not the picture perfect moments that I wanted to post on Instagram. They didn't ever tell of the lifelong friends I thought I would have. They don't show my dream college experience. And I remember one afternoon, it was a rainy Sunday afternoon, I had my laptop in front of me and a copy of the book manuscript next to me. And I was sick of rereading the first four chapters because they told of 
roommate conflict, breakup tears. There were questions I did not have answers for. And so many things that were wrong in my life that I didn't know how to make right. And I had even told a friend earlier that week, this book would be awesome if I just scrapped the first four chapters. Because (laughs) I am so afraid people are going to shut the book and stick it back on the shelf before they even get to the good parts. And if that's the case, how do I make sure that I stay in the good parts of my life? And I remember I sat there and I just told God, God, I want people to read this book, but I really want people to see you in this book. And I am legitimately afraid they are not even going to get through the first four chapters. And right there in that moment, I just heard him say, Lauren, I am present in the first four chapters too. And it reminded me that the first time I ever heard God speak, I was nine years old and I was riding a bike with one of my younger brothers. And there wasn't this audible voice over a loudspeaker yet. It was just clear and direct in my head. And I just heard a voice say, go back, Lauren, you need to go back. And at the time, we were riding bikes. So I pressed down on my brakes. I yelled at my brother, hey, Connor, we need to go back to the house. I just have this feeling we need to go back to the house. And a minute later, we biked into the driveway. And my father was there holding my youngest brother's body in his arms. And he was black and blue. And there was blood everywhere. And my brother had just been hit by a truck. And I needed to be home. And since that time, I have found that God's voice is one I can trust. And it's so funny because people say that God is is so good at taking messy and painful and broken things and turning them into good things and beautiful things. And I believe He can and He does all the time. But things when we can't see them are so hard to believe. And so for anyone listening right now that just feels stuck in those first four chapters, or you might be totally thriving in your next eight, but the same God who is showing up in those next eight chapters is the same God who was redeeming the last four. And to discount those painful parts of my story would ultimately be to discount God's goodness and His grace. And so right there on the manuscript and pen, I just wrote, He is present in the first four chapters too. Because the more real we become, the more Jesus is revealed in our story. And so for those listening right now, man, you might be in your 20s, you might be in your 30s or your 70s, but I just want you to know that God is present and he hasn't left you. And the more real you are with him and the people around you, the more real he is revealed in your story. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. Wow. That is, that is crazy. That story is nuts. And I feel like I've had a few of those moments too, where I felt, I like to call them nudges, where I've just really felt like the Holy Spirit nudged me to do something or in a certain direction or to you know reach out to somebody. And it is those moments where, yeah, you realize like, oh, I there's no way I would have known this or done this or pursued this had it been just me. And how beautiful that God did that. Like, oh, wow. Wow. Woo, that's heavy. It is. Um, but it's so, I mean, I will, I will never forget that moment, Janine. Every time yeah. I have doubted who God is, who he says he is, I just think, yeah. I mean, I was nine years old and I still remember walking into my driveway and one of my neighbors next door was in my house wiping blood off on the tile floor. I mean, I will never forget just God's faithfulness in that moment. And and he was fine. He ended yeah, up being wild. fine, long months in a wheelchair and everything, but he was fine. But what's really cool is he was wearing a Bob the Builder helmet. And if he was not wearing that <gasps> helmet, and I don't believe if God had not been protecting him, and if he had not been wearing that helmet, he would have died. Wow. And we still have that helmet in my parents' room. It's in a glass case. And just such a beautiful reminder that God always keeps his promises. 
Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Well, I'm glad to hear that he was okay. That is wild. And yeah, it is those moments too, where when you can look back, I like to think of them as like modern day Ebenezer's or personal Ebenezer's where we can look back and see God's faithfulness and see his providence in a way that builds up our faith for future future endeavors, future opportunities, future things he calls us to, because we can remember that he was faithful before and surely he'll do it again, right? Absolutely. Awesome. Well, with the last year, 2020, (laughs) being as wild and weird and crazy and hard as it was for pretty much all of us, I would love to hear from you. What was some of... I mean, obviously, you were getting ready to graduate too, like so much going on. What was some of the kind of anxiety or overwhelm that you experienced in that time? Sure. Well, whenever COVID really started becoming pretty serious, I remember classes went all online and I came home to live with my family who I hadn't lived with for an extended period of time since I moved to college. And all of a sudden, I felt this immense pressure to be perfect in every role I was trying to fill. So I was trying to be the perfect sister, the perfect daughter the perfect Zoom university student, a perfect (laughs) community group leader, all of these things. And I I just felt an overwhelming pressure to be everything for everyone. And Mm. I know that our listeners right now might feel the same way. And so I, through that process, just learned to give a lot of grace to myself. And Mm -hmm. it is so easy to look at the smiling photos on people's Instagram and think that they have it better than you, that Mm. they're thriving. And I've learned this year just through that you know, the overwhelming, just the heaviness. It is so important to remember that there is always more to the story. There are always battles that people are fighting that we have no idea about. You know, during my freshman year of college, I would have never, people would have never guessed I was falling apart. And I had the perfect smile, pasted on my face. I mean, I was all there. And yet I was totally ripping myself apart. And to be honest with you, a lot of that anxiety came back this year. And it just felt totally out of my control. You know, graduating during a pandemic was just crazy. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, I'm back living in Waco, the last place I thought I was going to be. I had big dreams and they, none of them were, you know, centered to be in Waco. (laughs) And so (laughs) I just through all of that, all of that just anxiety about, okay, what's the next thing? Feeling this pressure to always know what's the next thing. I need to know the next thing. I have just remembered that the God who has fought on behalf of my life for the past 21 years will always fight for me. And He's still good. And even when you know my emotions and my feelings are like, man, this just sucks. It is a hard day today. Yeah. God is faithful. He is still faithful. And He has fought on my behalf for the past 21 years of my life. And He will continue to fight for me. That's so good. That is... Yeah. It was just... In every way... It was just a weird year. And for everyone, everyone was affected in different ways, of course, based on circumstances and all that. But like, it was just, yeah, it was interesting. I had, (laughs) I had been traveling for, I'd traveled solidly for two years. I moved back here to Nashville in the late fall of 2019. And I was still like trying to do a trip a month. I was visiting different friends around the country, which was really fun. And I had plans to continue doing that. And then obviously, COVID, that all kind of came to a screeching halt for everyone. Again, not an exclusive thing just to me. But it was hard because I I think I realized in that that like I had placed a lot of my... I wouldn't say identity because it wasn't my identity, but I'd placed a lot of power maybe or a lot of joy in that experience of being able to travel. And then yeah, about six months into 
this year or, you know, since March of last year. So it was like, yeah, October or so. I just realized like, oh, I have a fear of being stuck. Like I have this, I don't want to feel like I am stuck somewhere, which manifests in like a fear of commitment, which is not healthy. (laughs) And so it was really interesting. But this last year, what it taught me was that I needed to see a counselor. Like it had been a while since I was in college, actually my senior year. So where you're at now, essentially, I was in counseling, just working through some stuff. And I am a huge advocate for it because I think that it's so great to have someone who isn't, doesn't know you outside of that relationship and who's properly trained and educated to be able to speak into your life and give you tools and resources to grow. And I think that was kind of my problem too, is I'm highly self-aware. So I like knew that there was like an issue and that it wasn't the best. It wasn't super healthy, but I did nothing about it because I didn't have those tools and resources. Anyway. The reason I'm sharing all this is just because that was probably like the most overwhelming thing that happened or that I felt in 2020 was just this like, oh, I have like stuff <laughs> that I need to, I want to work through. It's not even that I need to, but I want to because I know that on the other side of that and having those tools and resources for growth, God can do so much. We'll be able to do so much with, with a healthier, you know, me being a healthier person overall. And so, yeah, just what a weird year. I think we can all agree, right? It was so weird. Well, I think to your point, so many people, you know, we are so good at sweeping things under the rug. And mm-hmm. when you are stuck in your house for an extended period of time, or you're stuck with your family, <laughs> you're stuck with your spouse, things start to come up again. And I, mm-hmm. I so admire you for just how self-aware you are, but also saying, no, like, I know something's wrong and I'm going to get the help that I need. I am also, I mean, a huge advocate for counseling that has helped me in the past. I am so for it. And I think that counseling almost has this stigma sometimes for Christians because it, mm-hmm. we think that we can do it alone. And it is okay to say, listen, I know something's wrong and I am going to get the help that I need. And I'm not going to be ashamed for asking. I am totally independent, total like three on the Enneagram, Janine. I want to <laughs> do everything myself and I want to do it really well. And I hate asking for help. And so last year was a big, just a big moment for me of being like, hey, I need help. I need someone to process what's going on in my life with me. And, you know, all these emotions are too much for me. And I think that we're afraid of that. I think that we're afraid a lot of giving our burdens to other people because we don't want to burden them as well. You know, we don't want people to think that we're weak. I know I'm often afraid of being seen as weak. And so I so admire you for so many reasons. But I think it's so cool that you are just going to counseling and doing the things you need. Because I know that some of our listeners should definitely do the same thing too. And just should take, you know, the one step today and just ask for help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I almost think, yeah, there's that weird, like, if we have Jesus, we should be fine mentality. Like, oh, you shouldn't need to go to counseling. You shouldn't need to talk to somebody about these things because you can just go to God in prayer. And I'm not discounting that. That is super powerful and super important in the life of a believer. But I also think that there's a lot of value in going to talk to somebody. And I personally see a Christian counselor. And so not only is she able to provide, you know, proper psychological training and tools and resources from her education, but also we can come at it from a point of like faith and so powerful. It's been so wonderful. And yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I, my last counseling experience, 
was when I learned that I was super self-aware straight up because my previous counselor told me I was. She was like, hey, you're." I was 22 at the time. And she was like, you're the most self-aware 22-year-old I've ever met. And I kind of clung to those words and let those almost be a crutch for <laughs> nine years of my life where like, you know, I could have benefited from a counseling relationship, but I just like kept leaning on the fact that I was so self-aware that I was probably fine. And so anyway, it's just been a really beautiful journey. I've only been seeing her for a few months now, but already the things that have been brought into the light and the things that I've been able to, I don't know, give words to when I'm having my time with the Lord or when I'm journaling. And it's almost like things that I knew at a subconscious level, but wasn't aware of enough to do much about. Now I'm able to do that and with God, which I just think is really cool. Anyway, I could go on about that forever because it's just been, even in the last few months, just so powerful. But yeah. So thank you for the encouragement. I really appreciate that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the things that you talk about in your book and kind of that I just alluded to with my experience with travel is that, you know, sometimes (laughs) or in 2020, all the things don't go as planned. We might have an idea or a plan or goals or an expectation of some kind, and we expect or hope that it would follow some sort of plan. But oftentimes, especially in this last year, things just don't go that way. So how would you recommend or from your experience, how can we best cope with those types of shattered expectations? Yeah, well, so many things are uncertain right now, even in 2021. I think sometimes we think that January 1st, we'll just flip a switch. And (laughs) I will tell you the habits that we set in quarantine are things that, you know, I'm still working through. I don't think I've ever ordered so many Amazon packages during quarantine. So I'm trying to, you know, like limit myself. But I think there's habits that we made in 2020 that are going to carry over in 2021. And one thing I've learned this year is that we can't always control what happens around us, but we can control how we react. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I saw a lot of in 2020 was how easy it is to blame others when we can't perfectly handle the things that mm-hmm. we can't control. And I am really good at playing what I call the blame game mm-hmm. and blaming other people for my issues when I can't even control you know, what they're thinking, what happened. I had a, a roommate a few months ago challenge me to start thanking God for more things than I was asking of God. Mm. And that has really helped me. So instead of waking up and praying the first request that comes to mind, which a few months ago was normally, hey, God, will you help me do well on my test today that I have forgotten to study for? I normally will start by saying, God, just thank you for the joy of waking up this morning. Thank you for beautiful weather outside. Thank you for food to eat in my fridge today. Thank you Mm. so much for letting me record a podcast episode with Janine because she's making (laughs) a major impact for your kingdom. And I I think that choosing thankfulness over playing the blame game is huge. I Mm. also think that the worst thing that you can do right now is believe that this is wasted time. Yeah. You know, whether it was 2020 or you know 2021, a lot of us are still dealing with the same issues that kind of came out from under the rug in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of people in their 20s right now just wanting you know to fast forward. Well, you know, at first we wanted to fast forward to 2021. Now we want to fast forward to next year. But again, like I said earlier, the habits that we're building now are the ones that are going to continue to build. And mm-hmm. you know, there's no such thing is wasted time in the kingdom of God. Whether you look at the lowest of lows or the most victorious moments in the Bible, we can look back to Esther's time in the king's castle. We can look at Paul and Silas's time in prison. God was still moving. And I think that we just get caught up in thinking, oh, 
man, if I could just hit a button and, and skip to the next day, this is not wasted time. It just it isn't wasted time. There is a, a picture I posted of myself a few months ago, and it's a photo that took me a few months to post because sometimes I think that the most special things in life aren't necessarily the ones that we want, you know, plastered all over our socials. But it's a photo of me and my car, and I have my fist in the air. And I, I took this picture after recording one of my first interviews about Unshakable. And I just felt like for the first time in a, long, in a long time, I was alive. I just felt like I was winning. Mm-hmm. And I love that photo just because it reminds me you know, what it feels like to win. But if I'm being really honest with you today, I don't always look that way. You know, This year has brought a lot of feelings of loss, a lot of feelings of grief, disappointment. There's been excitement, joy, sentiment. And I think that what that photo reminds me of is, is just the time isn't wasted. Whether we are in the highs of highs or the lows of lows, God is always moving and He's always moving even when we can't see it. Yes. That is so good. I love what you just said about time never being wasted. Like everything we experience and walk through, God is going to use. And He already had a plan to use from the beginning. So long as we, I don't know, stay tethered to Him, right? We'll be able to see purpose in all circumstances, right? Absolutely. That's really good. What role would you say vulnerability plays in overcoming the belief that we have to have it all together? Because I feel like this question might feel like it's coming out of left field, but I feel like in today's age, especially with things like social media, there is, you alluded to this earlier, but like things always looking perfect, right? The highlight reels that we see oftentimes. And I know there's been a movement toward authenticity over the last few years, particularly on things like Instagram, like saying like, hey, it doesn't always need to look good. It doesn't always need to look perfect. It doesn't always have to be the highs and you know, totally avoiding the lows. But I still think there is that undercurrent of... I have to show the good things. I have to show the things people will be impressed by, the things that are going to get the likes, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, what role would you say that vulnerability plays in overcoming that belief that it all has to look perfect? Sure. Well, I almost think that vulnerability is almost like an overused word. Like I think mm-hmm. people might be even you know turned off because I think even the word vulnerability almost feels fake. Like we see a lot of influencers on Instagram today, you know, like, um, like being vulnerable, but honestly, it's a vulnerability that d- doesn't almost really seem vulnerable. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I think that chances are a, a lot of our listeners right now have hidden their fear or they've hidden their loneliness or anxiety for weeks or months. And you probably haven't told anyone. And so what I would encourage you to do even today is drop the mask, quit faking it, let someone in and don't let fear keep you from moving because that is what fear is really really good at doing. I'll share a quick story with you. During my freshman year, I wanted to go to this worship night on campus. And I had texted about eight people to see if I could go with them. And they had all said no. And I was absolutely paralyzed by fear because I did not want to show up alone. That felt humiliating to me. And I I felt, Janine, what you would call a nudge of just the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you need to go anyway. So I show up to this worship night at the Baylor track field. I'm making way up, making my way up the metal bleachers, and I'm looking for someone that just might look alone. So I find mm. this girl. I ask if I can sit by her. She says yes, and I was secretly hoping I was close enough, you know, that we would look like we had come together, but not creepy. <laughs> and as the first song started, I looked over next to me, and this girl is gone, and it just felt like a punch in the gut. Mm-hmm. And an hour later, the speaker prayed to end his sermon, and he just said, "Hey." 
It's church night tonight. If you are a freshman or a senior or anywhere in between and you're looking for a church to join, you should go check out the church booth outside. So Mm. again, another nudge and I felt my feet take a few steps forward and I ended up in front of a booth, which I want to pause here because I think this is so important. It is so funny sometimes how complicated we make bravery out to be. I think Mm. we think it looks years, years in the future. And really, sometimes we just need to take two steps forward. So I walked up to the booth closest to me. And there was a girl wearing glasses and a red flannel. And she stepped out from behind the booth, shook my hand. And we ended up having a few common friends. Well, we started going to coffee. And then we just kept going to coffee. And that girl became my roommate for the next two years of college. And I remember that week that we went to coffee for the first time. I remember sitting across from her making a conscious decision to drop the mask and tell her how I was actually doing, which wasn't really good. I was not doing really well. And I just remember thinking she can do a few things right now. She can either get up and run complete opposite direction from me because my issues might scare her or she can say, Oh, Lauren, that's okay, but really not mean any of it and still walk away at the end of the day. Or she can listen to me and she can, she won't be scared. She won't be scared of my issues and she'll walk with me through them. And that was what ended up happening. And I love this story because I think God just delights when we say yes. And a lot of that times that means showing up and trusting him. But for every time we decide to show up, there are probably 10 or 12 or 50 other times that we get in the car and we cry more. We never hit the gas pedal and we cave to this fear. But Mm. one of the things that God is so good at is transforming our fear into this invitation. And it's an invitation to see more of who He is. It's an invitation to His heart and His love for you. And it just starts with showing up. But it takes grit. It takes a lot of guts. It takes so much courage. But again, I talked about this earlier. The more real we become, the more Jesus is revealed in your story. And that's why vulnerability is so important. Girl, you know, real talk is like my jam. And I could not agree more that like when we drop the facade or drop that, you know, feeling like we need to have it all together or be perfect or present a certain image or whatever, whatever that feeling is that we have. Like, I just think God does the most amazing things and the conversations you have and the relationships you build are just so much more, (laughs) I don't want to say real because we keep using that word, but like the foundation is stronger And realness, I think, is so infectious. Well, that's probably not a good word to use during COVID times. But you know what I mean? Like, when you're real, it breeds other people wanting to be real. Like, authenticity breeds authenticity. And when one person is open and honest and shares the good, the bad, the ugly, it can encourage others to do exactly the same who maybe have never done that before. And in those spaces, I just think God can do so much cool stuff. Oh, I totally agree. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, what would you say to any people who are tuning in right now, any listeners who, whatever their circumstances might be, maybe feeling overwhelmed or kind of stuck in that cycle of fear and anxiety? What? How would you direct them? What encouragement would you give them? Just anything and everything you want to share. Sure. Well, I think definitely vulnerability. We just talked about that. I mean, drop the mask, let someone in. It doesn't have to be five or 10 or 20 people. And it definitely does not have to be your Instagram feed. Mm -hmm. But 
I think that the face-to-face, the people interaction, that's where that really starts. I also think that there is a huge difference between talking to yourself and listening Mm -hmm. to yourself. When you listen to yourself, this is true for me. I feed myself so many lies. I think, why did I make that stupid comment at dinner last night? Why did I feel that test? I'm incapable. I'm a fraud. I'm a Mm -hmm. failure. I'm not worthy of love. People are going to be scared of the truth. And the list just goes on. And so this is where you have the chance to change the narrative. When Mm -hmm. you decide to say, I'm going to choose not to focus on that conversation I keep replaying in my head, even though it's been 5 months, or my never-ending to-do list, or I'm not going to keep that streak of perfection in the gradebook so I don't disappoint my parents. Whatever it might be, there's a huge difference between talking to yourself, saying affirming things, then listening to yourself. And I think that's really where the enemy kind of kicks in and starts to play those lies in our head. So that's number two. And then number three, this also goes along with vulnerability. And I want to share another quick story. So about two summers ago, I was getting really bored and all my friends were doing really cool things. They were working at camp. They were traveling abroad like you probably were, Janine. (laughs) They were doing really fun things. It looked really cool on Instagram. And I was at home doing business calculus and macro and microeconomics, which just sounds like the summer of anyone's dreams. And Mm -hmm. I started asking God, Hey, would you just give me a way to love people really big this summer? And I, I just felt a nudge just from God saying, Hey, you should write all your contacts a handwritten letter. And mm. I had about 500 contacts at that time. So, totally the Enneagram three in me, I was like, Oh, great. This is going to be a great goal to set. <laughs> and I am going to order 500 super cute note cards. And I made a nice Excel sheet with all my contact names. And I went to Starbucks and started writing. So I'm sitting there writing away and I look at my watch, Janine, and it had been three hours. And wow. I had written yeah. eight cards over the course of three <laughs> hours. <laughs> so these letters that I assumed would be really surface level actually had me searching for more space to write. Yeah. And I began pouring my heart out to people I had talked to maybe twice in my life. Now, that being said, I remember when I first looked at all my contacts, I thought, Oh my goodness, I cannot write a letter to her. She hurt me like nine years ago, and I have still not forgotten it. And there's no way I'm doing that. And man, God just really worked on my heart that summer. And I I sent letters to some of those people. Some of those people I did not just, you know, for my I just felt like God said, you know, that that's not someone you need to write a letter to. But instead you need to choose forgiveness. And then maybe as you continue to process the hurt that you felt then that might be something to do later. But it's so easy as, you know, a 21 year old to look not only, you know, to the future and be overwhelmed by my next job, the next boyfriend, the paycheck. But in that moment, when I was writing eight letters in three hours, it became way less about making the deadline than it is taking the time to speak words of truth over people. And Mm. I still haven't finished those 500 cards, which is killing the Enneagram (laughs) journey. But Honestly, I don't really care because number one, God just taught me a lot about forgiving people who have hurt me. And Mm -hmm. number two, truthfulness and vulnerability run a much longer race, an impactful race than rushed words. And I think that's number one, how writing has changed me, but also vulnerability. It's I'm not looking for these rushed conversations with people anymore. I'm looking for meaning and truth and vulnerability. And I had people just like that roommate sit across from me and were not scared 
about my story. She wasn't scared about my anxiety. She wasn't scared by the fear that I felt. And so now I am doing my best to do that for other people. The amount of college students that I sit across from, I even sat across from one this morning, who just said, Lauren, I'm not doing okay. And that doesn't scare me. And so we have the opportunity as followers of Jesus to be just hope and light and sit across from people and be like, hey, I'm not scared. In fact, I can't solve all your problems, but I know a guy that you can trust and will take care of you and will provide for you. And I want to share him with you. So man, if you're feeling stuck or overwhelmed and fear and anxiety right now, I would do that. I mean, you are welcome to write a letter to all 500 of your contacts. But (laughs) if you just start with one, if you Mm -hmm. say, Hey, I am going to call the name that pops into your head right now. And I'm just going to say, listen, you know how I've been telling you that I'm okay? I'm not okay. And I would love just to share what's been happening in my life with you today. That is awesome. And what a beautiful mindset shift, really. It feels almost unnatural and yet so natural at the same time. Thank you for sharing that. Well, I'm sure that after listening through this episode, most people would love to know how they can not only connect with you, but also get themselves a copy of your book. So where can people find you? And I will be sure to link all of these things in the show notes for you guys. Absolutely. Well, you can buy a copy of Unshakable on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. And you can follow me on Instagram at Lauren N. Kinney, K-I-N-N-E-Y. And as a special bonus, if you're looking for new ways to grow your faith this semester, you can go to thelaurenkinney.com and get a free five-day devotional. It's something I'm super passionate about. And I think it'll really help you, especially as we go into 2021, just growing your faith in new ways. And it's super simple, super easy to follow. But definitely check that out if you're wanting to grow your faith this new year. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, I will be sure to link all of those things in the show notes. But before we finish this episode, I have a couple of closing questions to ask you that I ask every guest on the show. So the first thing... Wait, how old are you? 21. (laughs) This is going to be hilarious. I might adjust this question a little bit. So knowing what you know now at 21, instead of 20, what would you tell yourself at age 18? Oh, I love that. Okay. First, (laughs) one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was my dad once said, Lauren, there's no need to keep a tally on the people who think you're a freak. And... (laughs) It makes me laugh. Janine, oh that came gosh. at a time in my life when I was so consumed by what everyone else was thinking about me. And mm-hmm. I I just needed to hear those words. But <laughs> in addition, I have spent a lot of my life worrying that my encounters with people have to be perfect in every single way. And that is why I am still replaying conversations that happened, you know, yesterday <laughs> or five weeks ago in my head and thinking, oh, why did I say that? But man. I have learned this year that Jesus was never looking for perfection. I don't see that anywhere in the Bible, but I just think he was looking for action. And so I love that quote. Second, I have a sticky note that is placed right above my computer when I write and it has one sentence. It's really simple. It says, was Lauren Kinney always going places or was Lauren Kinney always running towards Jesus? And Mm. that sentence is humbling. Yeah, man, it just it will strip the pride away from you immediately. But that one sentence covers everything for me. You know, I love what I do, but it's not who I am. And I think a lot of times we get tied up in where we're going and what we're doing. 
But really, at the end of the day, it's who we are that matters. And you know, at my funeral, I want people to say, man, Lauren Kinney was always running towards Jesus. And Mm -hmm. if if I could hold, you know, take Lauren Kinney's 18 year old sweet face and say, listen, man, you are going to face some hard times, but it is going to be worth it. And you are going to doubt the Lord. You're going to doubt his faithfulness, but God is going to be there on the other side and it will Mm -hmm. be okay. And he has fought for you battles you don't even know existed, but he is going to be with you and he's going to walk through with you. So that's what I would say to my 18 year old self. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny because before we hopped on, I mean, I knew you had just graduated college, but I think I forgot that's only like a year or two out from being 20. And not that you can't learn a ton in those years, but (laughs) wait, I should probably just back it up a little bit. Also, I am adopting your dad's quote over my life. (laughs) It's amazing. So good. Oh, it's so good, right? I love it. It's a very modern, fun take on it's not the critic who counts, basically. (laughs) And I am here for it. (laughs) I love it. No, I I love it. (laughs) That is awesome. Okay, well, who or what would you say has been inspiring you lately? Okay, this is not a book or a person or a podcast or anything like that. But I am a huge fan of my Peloton. I just got one (laughs) in December. My family has been a huge Peloton family. In fact, my mom, I think a few months ago, just finished her 700th ride. So she is so inspiring to me. She is awesome. But you know those moments where you just feel alive? That is every night for me when I get on the bike. I love getting my butt kicked. I have not always been a huge fan of cycling or running or have really found you know a way to exercise that I actually enjoy and look forward to. And I just love my bike. It's been so much fun just having that to look forward to at the end of the day. And I just love it. It's the first time in my life I've genuinely enjoyed exercise. It's just been so much fun. That is awesome. I have never done it, but I feel like I've been getting ads on social media a lot for them lately. That or... And or people have just been getting them a lot. Maybe because of Christmas. I've seen a lot of people get Pelotons. I have no space for one. I've never ridden on one, but it does look pretty cool. It is so fun, Janine. Highly, (laughs) highly, highly recommend. Or, you know, you can just, you can also just get the app, which is just as fun. I am such a goal setter. So I set a number of workouts I had to complete while I was saving for the bike so that I really felt like I earned it whenever I got it. So it's just been so much fun. I love it. That's awesome. That's really great. Well, I have one more question for you. And this is probably my favorite one I get to ask that I ask every guest. This podcast obviously is called Wild Hearts with Janine. So I would love to know, in your opinion, what makes someone a wild heart? Okay, first, I just got to say, I think the wild hearts probably don't keep a tally on the people who think they're a freak. That would that would definitely <laughs> be a start. No, but I... I have always felt different than other people, Janine. I am a dreamer. I think big. My mind never turns off. And I I have a feeling right now that probably some of our listeners feel the same way. And so that's what I thought of whenever I thought of just wild hearts. I think wild hearts are risk takers. I don't think they're confined to a mold. I think they know who they are and what they're made for. Even if it's as simple as, I just want to love people. I want to love them well. I don't think they're overwhelmed with the problems of the world, but instead they're seeking solutions. I don't think that they they don't burn bridges, they build them. They're huge encouragers of others. Even if other people have what we want, I think that they know the freedom to open up their clenched fist and lose control because they know that God can be trusted 
they know the freedom to ask hard questions. They know the freedom to lay it all out on the table and trust that God isn't going to walk away. They know the freedom to leave fear at the door and mm-hmm. to show up even when it's scary to the just crazy things in life and expect that God will show up too. And ultimately, I mean, just going along with the theme of the episode, I think wild hearts, I know wild hearts have the freedom to overcome fear. And at wild hearts, man, they let their biggest fear become their biggest freedom. Yes. Ooh, I like that. Biggest fear become biggest freedom. Well, and that just ties in so perfectly with your book, which is linked in the show notes, everyone, and the message that you share. So Lauren, this has been such a joy. Thank you so much for being on this episode and sharing so much of your heart for us to be walking in freedom and overcoming those fears and anxieties. Yeah, I again, everyone check out Lauren on Instagram, get to her website, check out that five-day devotional and be sure to grab a copy of her book. Lauren, thank you so much for being on Wild Hearts with Janine. Thanks, Janine. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Wild Hearts with Janine. I hope that this conversation has encouraged you to step out confidently and say yes to the things that God has for you. Hey, while I've got your attention, I would absolutely love it if you went to Apple Podcasts and rated, reviewed, and subscribed to Wild Hearts with Janine. It would mean so much to me. All right, I will see you guys back here when the next new episode drops, when I'll be sitting down with another great guest to talk about another wild-hearted topic. But until then, you guys, keep dreaming, seeking, and stepping out in faith. Oh, 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 oh,